We are still in a series about being prepared to give an answer. And I like how you're prepared to give an answer about what you managed or where you're going to school. All right, but we're answering a specific question today. Why are people running? No, the specific question is, when do I gospelize? And you go, Mike, you are making words up. Absolutely I am. I loved a verb, even though, as they say, verbing weirds language. You familiar with this? No? Okay, gospelize. In English, it's not a word. In Koine Greek, the language that the New Testament was written in, it is a word. We usually translate it preach or evangelize, but what it really means is gospelize. Gospelify. Gospelicious. Uh, no, anyway, so we're going to talk about when to do that. And I'm going to have three answers to that question, and we're going to kind of chunk up this morning into those three things, and you're going to participate afterwards. So I can't babble too long, or that won't work, so let's, let's roll. The key thing that I want you to remember starting out this morning is that today is where you always are. Got any other place to live? No, today is where you do all of your living. Anybody object to that? Okay, good. All right. But we don't always have a natural sense of what today means. So I'm, I was talking to an, an atheist friend of mine a few years back, and I said, hey, I want to tell you something that Jesus said, and, and hear what you think. Matthew 6.34, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Ever heard that before? He said, no. It makes sense, though. Great. Do you think Christians believe that? And he was like, no. Like, okay. He's like, well, none I've ever met anyway. Okay, what an interesting testimony he experienced of people who can't live in today for one reason or another. So let's think about today, and we're going to do that by picking a strange example from John chapter 1. This is a strange example because this is a person that technically speaking um, couldn't gospelize because the gospel hadn't been revealed yet. There's a man called John, and we know him as John the Baptist or Baptizer, as long as we're verbing. All right, John chapter 1, and I'm going to read 6 through 9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And I don't know about you, but there are some clear things about, so John, the writer of the gospel, is speaking about John the Baptist, and he's explaining some things about him. What was John about? Well, the first thing is he was sent from God, directly on a mission from God. Okay. Second thing was he came as a witness, and if you've heard Tim at all, you know, what does a witness do? Testifies. Okay. Good job. And what did he testify? He testified to the light, or that light is what this verse says. And I always like to point this out. When you are reading a passage of scripture, whether some bozo up front leads you to it, or you're reading it on your own and you pick a chunk, and there's some reference like that, apparently we were speaking of a light before, you got to go look at the context. Because context determines the meaning. So, what is that light? If you read the first five verses of John, it's clear he's talking about Jesus. Okay. 
And then you go, okay, that's fine as far as it goes, Mike, but I am not John the Baptist. My clothes are better than John the Baptist's. My diet is a little more diversified than John the Baptist. And anybody who's read about his diet of locusts and honey and his, his nasty garb and sleeping in the desert and stuff is going, yeah, right, my life's not like that. But there are ways in which we have a similar call, but there are differences, and they're not what you might expect. The fundamental one is in John 11.11. 11 which says, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And you go, run that by me again? Okay. Everybody who lived, John, peak, pinnacle. Anybody in the kingdom that Christ instituted by coming, dying, being resurrected, rising, ascending into heaven to a throne, okay? Whoever the janitor, nah, janitors are respectable. Whoever the earwax cleaner is in heaven, in the kingdom of heaven, higher than John. What? And today is the day that you and I tend to forget that we're walking around with the light of life in us. And so today is the day that we need to be reminded that we were citizens of a time and place, and we've become citizens of a new kingdom. I've got a quote from Craig Blomberg who talks about the blessings of this new kingdom of heaven that, that Jesus gives us access to. Once for all forgiveness of sins. So picture John the Baptist. He comes and he says, repent, repent. And people go, yes, I... I don't have the right motives. I don't have the right actions. I'm kind of messed up, to be honest. I want to be clean. And they come to John, and he baptizes them in the Jordan. Awesome. It's a great time. And they walk away, and are their motives now pure? No. So John helps you recognize a desire for repentance, but all he can do is point to the guy who's going to bring the ultimate solution to the problem. And that will give us... This, this forgiveness will give us access to God that the people that John ministered to couldn't have. So God is 100% holy. We have trouble envisioning this. So we like to say we all get a test, and the best of us only get one wrong. Just, just, just one. Nobody gets just one wrong, but let, let's, it's an analogy, Right? And we go to God, and God's like, I can't be in the presence of your one little sin. Whatever thing you're willing to admit to, yeah, that and the stuff you're not willing to admit to and that I don't want to talk about, it precludes us from being in the immediate presence of God. And then comes Jesus, and he creates a new kingdom. He steps into a world that needed to be fixed in a way that we could never pull ourselves together, and he gives us access to the throne room of God, to the face of God, in a way that John couldn't probably even imagine. Whoa. Okay, third thing, the permanent indwelling of the Spirit. Bible heroes, you know, the Spirit would come upon them. They'd do these mighty things. Guess, guess what you've got inside if you're a follower of Christ? You have that same Holy Spirit indwelling you. You are allowed to function under the control of the Spirit in season and out in a way that 
those people never did. All right, rolling, we're rolling. And we say, okay, that's, that's all fine, got the kingdom, but I still don't get the connection between John and me, which is fair. I got a verse for you, John 8, 12. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So like John, you and I don't have the light, okay? We're pointing to one. But unlike John, that light comes to reside in us. And so we're described as things like being a light set on a hill. There's, there's this thing that fundamentally changes, and you go, okay, John's, John's the peak of this, but look at what this other kingdom allows. It allows not just pointing, but, but being, living as a beacon that points to Jesus. So here's the trouble. That, like John, you and I were sent to testify to him. But John had it easy because he didn't have another gig, okay? He, he didn't go home to the desert to his family. He went home to the desert. He didn't prepare a big meal, you know. Oh, grasshopper. Uh, so, so he's got no conflict with, you know, well, I'm a student. Well, I'm a this. I'm a that. I come from this kind of family. I like this kind of football teams. I don't like seven bean salad or whatever. Anyway. He wasn't confused, but you and I get confused, and you say, doggone it, Mike, I'm an engineer, not a missionary. If you're in Christ, I've got news for you. Let me tell you what Peter says from 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you, people in Christ, people inhabiting that kingdom, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And all of this, it's who you are. And as a consequence of that identity, you are a light bearer, okay, I am a light bearer, think that. It means you get to walk into situations with the actual spirit of God and not religion, per se. You get to walk into the presence of someone and bring mercy that God gives and light that God gives. And what that means is that you get to be somebody's stereotype-breaking example. So um, I, I give the example of the of the guy who worked at a help desk when I was third level support a long time ago. And uh, he, he had a rather flamboyant lifestyle and he was great to have lunch with. We had a lot of fun. He was a fantastic coworker, really diligent, really good with the customers, an amazing guy. And one day he was railing on Bible thumpers. And I said, you know, Jeff, I kind of put myself in that camp, <laughs> you know, like, Physical reaction on his part. Well, you're not like them. You want to talk about how I am or am not like them? Because we can do that when you're ready. That made the relationship awkward for a while, to be honest. On the other hand, I got to integrate parts of my life that I didn't know whether I was going to get to do that. So I want to tell you, I was connected to some guy at a help desk. You are uniquely connected. So you have a household. 
that doesn't look like mine, maybe. Maybe you've got a roommate, maybe, you know, whatever. Or maybe you live alone. Well, then you've got a neighborhood. And we've got workplaces or we've got schools, and you fit into places like that, even if you feel sometimes like you're on the fringes. You can navigate those places better than I can, for example, because I don't know anything about them. So you go do what you do, and that's your today. You following that? Today, you're going to do what you were normally going to do, but you're going to do it as the one who's pointing to Christ. Okay, Mike, that's sounding suspiciously like uh, awkward. Okay, we're going to try to avoid that. We'll talk about that a little more. Tim has spoken at length about it. But I just want to point out, you know, like we have a city where this church is located. I live in the city. Tim lives in the city. A number of you do. And maybe you fit in in this city. Maybe it, you're more a region person, or maybe you're just an interloper, and you're far from home, but you're connected with those people back wherever home was. And in all of this, we become, as a group of people, a fabric of connection that not only are we connected way beyond what any one or two or three of us could be connected to, but we do so with a common bond of the light is in us. We are in the kingdom if you're a follower of Christ. Does that make sense? All right, and here's the biggest hope. I am not here to say what I want you to do today is debate somebody into the kingdom of heaven. So I have not personally seen that happen. I'm not saying God can't use it, but I will say what Tim Keller said, God has not given us a watertight argument to prove Christianity is true. He has given us a watertight person. And so what we're putting our confidence in and what we're testifying to is not the set of rational propositions that we expect to take somebody to a conclusion, but this person who is both reasonable and beyond reason, who has had an influence in our lives, and that's where it all goes. So today is the day that we point to our king. And I'm going to start you off with the question, where are you specially placed to point to King Jesus? And what I'd like you to do is take a few minutes in the group that you sort of formed earlier, thank you for cooperating with that, and just say, hey, here's what my today looks like, and, and tell us, tell your group where, where, what characterizes where you were placed. Does this question make sense to you? Okay, let it be so.